I'm Scott Casper, he's Nick Learhoff, and this is St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Join us as we talk about a topic that many Iowans face every day, mental illness. We feature the expertise of doctors, therapists, and specialists and the challenges we are all facing. Our show airs two times, 4 to 5 a.m. and 10 to 11 a.m. Saturday mornings on Iowa's Hope, 940. And online at talktherapytmhs.com. Conversation on this important life topic. As we like to say, Iowa, we're listening. Oh, we are indeed listening. Thank you very much, Nick. Our topic this week, can you bring us up to speed? So our topic this week is Enneagram personality assessments. I'd never heard of this when you brought it up. You know, um, it's interesting. I was talking with one of our guests and uh, about the uh, you know, Dr. Karen Cleveland, who's going to be our guest coming up here. And uh, we were just talking about the different topics and things for discussion. And she brought this up and I was like, wow, this is, this is really interesting. I, I had never heard mm-hmm. of it. I was one of those things where when she started talking about it, I'm like, this is, this is amazing. Let's, let's talk about this. And then basically it's, it's a way of categorizing, or it's, well, there's a test categorizing the human psyche into nine different personality types. And Why I, nine? You know, I, I honestly, we'll have to ask Dr. K- Karen Cleveland because I, I, I am not entirely sure. So it's one of those things where, you know, as we talk about the different ways to create self-awareness and just to have more insight into our own personality and the way we do things every day, you know, uh, I think there's there's something to be said about, you know, having as much knowledge as possible, knowledge right. is power, and understanding how we do things and, and how it can affect others and vice versa cannot be a bad thing. So Enneagram uh, relates very well to addiction and uh, the Enneagram profile, I think, fits well with the gospel, the message that that, uh, the Bible delivers. And um, you mentioned a guest. We have a guest? Yes, Dr. Karen Cleveland. Excellent. Let's bring uh, Karen on. Karen, good morning. How are you? Do do we have our guest? Good morning. Good Good morning. morning. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. My mother's name is Karen, so you're going to fit uh, real well into the show. Well, fantastic. <laughs> Don't tell my mother that. All right. <laughs> Talk to us a little bit about uh, yourself first. Let's, let's set a base baseline. Uh, tell us about you and your, and your pursuits. Sure. I would love to. I am a licensed clinical psychologist at Heartland Christian Counseling. I work out of our Pella office. We have two offices, one in Urbandale and right. one in Pella. Um, I've been licensed since 2009, practicing in the state. Uh, my uh, background, I uh, attended undergraduate at Central College, go Dutch, and I uh, got my PhD in clinical psychology at Fuller Theological Seminary, along with a master's in theology there. And my practice focuses a lot on teenagers and uh, depression and anxiety. I do a little marital therapy here and there, and when I can... I love to talk about the Enneagram and do a little uh, consulting and coaching on the side. So I stay pretty busy. It sounds like sounds it. like it. Yeah. Enneagram. We were discussing how the name of the uh, personality tr- um, test was actually uh, described and repeated. And we came up with Enneagram. Is that, is that correct? That's true. Yep. It's called the Enneagram. It's uh, not really a very fancy name. When you take a look at the figure that represents it and- origins. Enya just means nine, and there's nine different personality types in this model, and gram just means figure. So uh, it just is a very simple name to describe what the figure looks like. So Enneagram, that you, you mentioned there are nine different types 
that are uh, uh, present themselves when the test is taken. What about the test? Yeah, well, this is an interesting personality assessment Hang because on. there are some tests out there, but you don't have to Hang really on, take a test a... in order to determine what type you are. Um, as a psychologist, I love personality tests, and I love tests that are really psychometrically sound or statistically sound. And this one is so ancient that we don't have a lot on it. So it's sort of interesting that way. Instead of the test telling you what you are, um, a lot of Enneagram experts recommend that you just learn about the nine types and decide which one fits you. And so a test is often a good way to start. And they're, like I said, there are many tests out there. But um, another really good way is to learn about it um, and kind of live into it a little bit and decide which one fits you. I read some of the reviews uh, about this test, people that stumbled across it or heard about it and went to uh, a couple different websites, actually several different websites. And uh, people were just raving that finally <laughs> they had an answer to this, this, and this. You know what I mean? It's, uh, yeah. They're trying to identify through this test what their true personality is. Uh, whether yeah. and, and Nick, we were talking about this, whether you're a fixer, um, let's say whatever Enneagram, Enneagram type that is, uh, there's a whole lot of them. And it all boils down to how does it affect, uh, not not all of it, but down to how does it affect the addict, the alcoholic, mm-hmm. uh, the nature uh, that is uh, obvious for many uh, in terms of the abuse that one puts themselves through. Uh, so you, once you figure out if you're a reformer, for example, uh, or the rational, uh, idealistic type, okay, principled, purposeful, self, et cetera. Um, it's interesting to see how it's broken down, but there is an actual Enneagram map that you can see online. Just type in Enneagram, I-N, excuse me, E-N, let's start right, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. Uh, th- there's nine, and each one has an incredible support mechanism behind it in describing what you think you are. But is it better to have somebody else grade your test? (laughs) It's a great question. Um, I typically recommend no, because what makes the Enneagram unique from other uh, personality assessments is that it is based on motivation for behavior, not behavior. So one way to think about the Enneagram is it's really a lens through which we see the world. Mm. It's really nine different lenses. Um, Now, some people would say, well, that puts me in a box. I don't want to be in a box. But what I will respond to that is, let's say that you're a one. I'm I'm a self-identified one, a moral perfectionist. I I prefer reformer, but let's be honest. I I can be pretty perfectionistic. (laughs) Well, if me and another one, um, we're not necessarily going to look alike. And the analogy I use is if you tell uh, two people to go into Sherwin-Williams and grab a, a shade of blue, my goodness. There's unlimited shades of blue, right. and I might grab navy, and they might grab you know Carolina blue. So it doesn't really box people in, but it does, to your point, bring out some of the motivations. So that's the uniqueness. I, I love other personality assessments that your listeners are probably well aware of, of and acquainted with, the Myers-Briggs, the Strength Finder. And those typically describe our behavior. <laughs> this is unique in that it describes our motivation, which to your point 
is really key when there you're fighting is. something like addiction uh, to understand why you do what you do. Nine people could be nine different numbers and do the same thing, but could do it for very different reasons. Here are our, Kira Jones, our, our producer, uh, when she heard the topic today, she goes, I know that. I said, you what now? <laughs> Kira, how did you hear about the Enneagram uh, personality test? Sure. Oh, gosh. You're, I always have I can to. hear you. Good. Um, so I, uh, like most people in their 20s, am a sucker for personality tests. <laughs> <laughs> so I've done the Myers-Briggs one, um, and I think it was actually my dad and my we um we heard about the test and we heard that it may be a little different so we uh we took it ourselves wow yeah so i've never been a self-tester matter of fact if i hear the word test i go the other way (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it, it it's um it's one of those things that i think you know, you look at even outside of, of substance abuse and, and, uh, you know, the mental health realm, I guess, or illness. I mean, I think anybody and everybody could benefit from just understanding themselves just a little bit better. Um, and it kind of comes back to just knowledge and just understanding, um, you know, uh, Dr. Cleveland, just out of curiosity, like, so how, I guess, how did you come across this? Right. How did you become a coach? Like, how did all that, all that happen? I love to tell the story because it shows the sense of humor that God has. Um, I I mentioned earlier that I really, as a psychologist, love personality assessments. And I've always gravitated towards assessments that have really good science behind them. I love statistics. I love things to have logic. And if you understand my Enneagram type, that's not a surprise. Um, But the Enneagram doesn't really have that. And so when I first heard of it, I was actually very dismissive of it because it doesn't have a lot of research behind it. It doesn't have a lot of statistics behind it. And so I was really annoyed by it. And <laughs> I, kept, he, I kept hearing about it and it just kept coming up. And I was like, well, you know what? Fine. If all my clients and all my friends are going to be into this stupid thing, I suppose I better learn about it. <laughs> and by golly, the more I learned about it, the more I was like, oh, I really think this is going to be really, really useful for people. And suddenly I decided I needed to become a coach. And so I, I enrolled in um, a program uh, for becoming an Enneagram coach. And the program I went through is specific to helping people apply it in a gospel-centric way. So the Enneagram, the Myers-Briggs, any of these personality assessments, they're just tools. Transformation right. comes through the gospel. And that's mm-hmm. one of the things I love about the Enneagram is more than some of these other assessments, I discovered that even if it didn't have a lot of statistics behind it, it really was pointing me towards uh, the gospel in a way that was unique and allowing me to help myself and my clients um, understand the gospel in a new way, which then leads to transformation. And that's the key word right there, transformation. Our guest, Dr. Karen Cleveland. And uh, Karen, where can they find you online? Sure. Um, one of the easiest ones on the Heartland Christian Counseling website, so heartland-christiancounseling.com is a place where you can find my bio and contact me through there. Okay. Uh, we're going to take a quick time out when we come back and it's Heartland Christian Counseling in Pella and Urbandale. Um, and that's where you're going to find Dr. Cleveland. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about what makes, uh, Enneagram different from personality, other personality assessments and tools. So we hope you stay tuned. You're listening to Nick Learhoff, Scott Casper. This is St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show only on Iowa's Hope. 940. Stay tuned. 
St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, The Mental Health Show, will continue after this commercial timeout. The folks at St. Gregory were vital in helping me to get my brother into rehab. They were not only supportive of him, but of our whole family. They truly saved all of our lives with their love and kindness. Because of the hard work they helped my brother do, we regained a valued, healthy, and incredible part of our family. From the bottom of my heart, thank you. RelevantRadio.com slash St. Gregory. Setting the new standard for recovery. All right, welcome back to St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. And by the way, if you are in need or somebody in your life is in need of uh, counseling, perhaps getting off that uh, roller coaster ride of addiction or alcoholism, we invite you to call or look for them online. St. Gregory's Talk Therapy. St. Gregory's our primary sponsor, and they do this because they care about you more than they care about you coming out and visiting for five weeks. Okay. They care about you as a person. They care about you uh, and your role in your family and uh, as a, a productive member of society. Our topic today. Enneagram personality assessments. Yeah. And our guest. Dr. Karen Cleveland. Dr. Karen Cleveland, welcome back. Uh, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, can you for having me. Um, when we were going to break, I, I, I said perhaps we could take a look at this. What makes this personality test different than other personality assessments and tools. Can you describe? Absolutely. I'd love to. So when I started to get into the Enneagram, I noticed that the major difference of describing behavior, it is important to know why you do the behavior. So other personality assessments, the Myers-Briggs, the Strength Finders, they're really helpful, and I don't have anything bad to say about them, but the questions they ask are, what do you do? Or do you do this behavior? The Enneagram, that, those are not the questions they ask. The Enneagram asks, why do you do this behavior? And that's a really big difference looking for ways to transform and see the world um, because we can do something, but if we don't understand why we're doing it, it's very hard to make a change. All right. So there are nine different, you've, you've mentioned this now, so there are nine different. Can you uh, roll through the nine and and those descriptive words that are attached oh, to each. To. Yep. So for our listeners, if you can imagine a circle of numbers, but um, unlike a clock where you've got 12, at, you've got, only got nine at the top, you do have the nine starts up at the top. And um, going around, you have a one is the moral perfectionist, sometimes called the reformer. And, um, so they see things very black and white, very right and wrong. Type two is a supportive advisor. Um, they really um, are so beautiful in the way that they see needs and meet those needs. Uh, type three, these are our achievers. And we need threes in the world because they're going to get people going, get people motivated. They're going to get things done. Mm -hmm. Our type fours are our creatives. They're called the romantic individualists. And they are really great at experiencing emotions well. We love to have these folks um, in times of crisis because walking people through big emotions. Okay. Our type fives are investors. They bring such wisdom. They are really capable and competent, good researchers. Our type sixes, probably the majority are sixes. They're at least um, probably the biggest percentage of the population are sixes. They are loyal guardians. 
and they um this is who you want to take with you camping because they're always going to have whatever you need <laughs> they are at providing support um security guidance they're going to make sure everybody's safe and secure sevens um a lot of people with addiction uh, probably uh, could be a type seven they are entertaining optimists and they everybody always wants to be a seven because uh they they bring the fun until you understand some of the pain that seven do but but sevens are really good at spontaneity, really good at creating energy and fun. Uh, types eight are probably the most misunderstood on the Enneagram. They are protective challengers. They really care a lot about justice, and they really care a lot about uh, making sure everybody um, is well taken care of in a very protective kind of mama bear way. If you need to climb a mountain, an eight's going to get you to the top. And a type nine are peaceful mediators, so they are really – um, pretty conflict avoidant and very good at helping people navigate conflict. And you can see the, I think, of God's creation in all nine types. Okay. So let's identify each other. Well, from my perspective, your perspective, Kira, you as well. Turn oh your boy. mic up. All right. So, <laughs> uh, Nick, I see you as a moral perfectionist. You know, I, it's it's funny when I, I listen to all the different um, types, I kind of hear a little, uh, and I don't know, I hear a little bit of, of every single one, a little bit for me, you know, I'm sitting there like, well, I could be that. Well, I don't yeah, see I you as that. a number four, though, a romantic individualist. <laughs> well, you just I don't, know well me. No, <laughs> <laughs> don't know me well enough. No, I'm just kidding. No, but, uh, you know, it, it's those things I literally could see uh, a little bit of of everything in yeah. that. So it's one of those things that I, I guess I don't know, uh, Dr. Cleveland, like, how does that work? I mean, are do. I mean, is there, can you be more than one number? Can you, you know, is there... Well, hang on. Before we get, get oh, into sorry. that, we've got to identify everybody else <laughs> in the studio. I'm going to suggest that Kira is a successful achiever. That's a number three. Would I, you, would you I agree would with that? I would argue that. that. I, would, I would put myself in the one category, I think, too. I'm very much a... More, moral perfectionist. Okay. Maybe, maybe just perfectionist. Okay. <laughs> Screw the morals. <laughs> All right. So, and, and how would you see me? I see, I had, I see you as either being a three yeah. or like a seven. Yeah. yeah that's where I'm, like I'm just, just kind of teetering. Okay. So your question to Dr. Cleveland was, is it possible to be a combination of more than one doctor? Yeah, that's a great question. So the, the no, you are one core uh -huh. type. Now, another very interesting thing about the Enneagram is when you look at that figure that I described, we've got numbers going around starting with the nine at the top, is you'll also see a bunch of lines connecting right. numbers to other numbers. And so when you start to look at it, you actually are one core type, but your core type touches four other numbers. You have lines connecting to two other numbers on either side that will influence you. Oh, yeah. so as a one, I will do what's called wing to either a nine or a two, the two numbers on either side of me. It doesn't mean I become a two. I stay a one, but I will on occasion use traits of a number two in my life. That, that helper as a counselor, that's not a surprise. I'm a one who can lean a little bit towards that two and be a supportive advisor. As a one, I also am connected to a four and a seven. When I'm not so healthy, I will start to be some of the traits that look kind of four-ish. Um, one of the ways to think about a four is if you've ever watched the show Friends, it's kind of Ross Geller that nobody understands me, nobody gets me. 
uh, a one, when they're not healthy, will start to have that kind of martyrdom attitude. When I'm healthy, I'll lean towards a seven and I can be a lot more flexible and a lot more spontaneous. So with the Enneagram, you never become another number. You are one core number, right. but you will, you will grab traits from the other numbers and so use them in your own core number. Uh, so your motivations stay the same. And that's one of the reasons that really only the person can decide for themselves what they are, because I might observe your behavior, but I can't observe your motivation behind that behavior. Okay, so Nick, you're you're right, I think, in your assessment that it is possible to be more than one or at least have different... Wing, uh, yeah, wing out, I guess. Is, I don't know if that's the right way to put it. Wing, wing, like. you know, wing, wing to other other types. Um, you know, and just even looking at the, the, the diagram, you know, I could see where, you know, I guess in my mind when I was thinking about this and just kind of looking at all this before the show, like you know, in my mind with some of the work that I do at St. Gregory's where I can, you know, I'm, I don't do necessarily full-blown counseling, but I also do admissions. So I kind of do both and I'm kind of this person well, in you're the middle. Assessing. And, yeah. yeah. And, right. and yeah. And so yeah, I could see where <laughs> like a nine slash three slash six, I could see where all that kind of fits in, into, you know, the, the, the just me, I guess, in a certain sense. Um, so that all makes sense to me. So you're just knocking me out of the park when I said you, I'd see you as a more. Yeah, I, I need to learn a little bit more. I mean, I get the <laughs> idea of it, but as far as like me personally, like I think that, you know, we all have a certain moral fiber and I think that, that we strive for perfection at each and every one of us do, right. you know, in a certain sense, but everybody's moral morals look a little different than everybody else's, you know? So You're telling me, <laughs> right? you know, so it's, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, uh, you know, I have to keep doing my, my homework on, on the Enneagram and how all this works. When we come back from our break, I would like to have uh, doctor, I'd like to have you talk about the uh, relationship that Enneagram has, uh, the gospel and how it does really, truly go hand in hand with the Bible. Did we, did we lose our, our guest? Hello, Dr. Cleveland. Are you oh. there? Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you there, there she is. Okay. Um, so when we come back, I'd really like to talk about, uh, the gospel, how, uh, Enneagram, um, uh, works hand in hand, I think with the Bible and, uh, the teachings of Christ. Would you be willing to go in that direction with us? Yes, absolutely. Very good. All right, folks, we're talking about Enneagram today. Enneagram is a personality assessment tool, and that's realistically what it is. But it's also been a uh, very welcome uh, additive to um, what we do, and that is assess and determine what the problems are and how best to, based on your strengths, how best to use it to your advantage. Enneagram personality assessments. That's your listening to talk therapy, the mental health show, Project St. Gregory's St. Gregory's, uh, saving lives every single day. Um, oh, yeah, there's not a day during the week where you guys do admissions. It's every day, every day, like 24 hour gig. Yep. Right. Yep. <laughs> it, it's one of those things where, you know, um, you know, uh, somebody who's struggling with addiction or substance use disorder, right. You know, it, it, addiction doesn't sleep. Is, nope. is what we like to say, you know, in a certain sense. And so it's, it's one of those things where we try to make ourselves as available as possible to be able to people who are, are struggling and need a safe place to be able to really dive into all those underlying issues and things that are, that are causing them to turn towards the substance. 
and really find a path uh, through passion, through purpose, you know, um, through their faith, uh, and, and really kind of dig in and and turn that corner and and become, you know, find find recovery, you know, become a better version of themselves. A better version, somebody that perhaps you thought you left behind. Right. He's still there. Oh yeah. She's still there. St. Gregory's gives you that, uh, opportunity to let it go, uh, off the bed as it were and expose the mattress. Yep. yep. Well, you can use that later. Today, oh, I will. I'm okay. writing that down. As we speak. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Do me a favor. Stay tuned. Kira Jones, our producer. She's sending us to break. You're listening to Nick Learhoff, Scott Casper. This is St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, only on Iowa's Hope 940. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. There's more with Nick Learhoff and Scott Casper right here on Iowa's 940 for St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Iowa, we're listening. I can't say enough about the staff at St. Gregory's who seem especially gifted to work in this field. They were so helpful and encouraging and will always have my gratitude. I made some very good new friends, a couple of whom I probably would not have made it through those beginning days without. Everyone and the programs at St. Gregory seem designed and placed in my life by God's perfect plan. RelevantRadio.com slash St. Gregory. RelevantRadio.com slash St. Gregory. Welcome back to St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show. Scott Casper, Nick Learhoff, our very special guest. Dr. Karen Cleveland. Doctor, thank you for holding through the break. Heartland Christian, that's uh, where you work. You work for and work with Heidi Vermeer Quist, right? That's correct, yes. We love her. She's been She's a great wonderful. guest on the show several times. We'd yep. like to have her back. Perhaps I'll answer your call, Nick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Our topic today, Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M, Enneagram. Um, Dr. Cleveland, can you talk to us about why somebody, anybody, should explore the Enneagram? Absolutely. This is one of my favorite questions. Um, you know, no surprise as a psychologist and counselor, I'm really invested in people learning more about themselves, developing better insight, but not just for self-promotion. That's not at all why we do it. We do that so we can be better neighbors, better family members, um, better in our community, and ultimately serve God better. And so the more we understand about the way God made us, um, the more we actually see him in us and see the way that we reflect his image mm -hmm. and um, we see his great creativity in the Enneagram. I think um, one of the things I love about the Enneagram is you can sort of see even the, the nine fruit of the spirit um, throughout the Enneagram. And, and um, you know, our ones are gifted in goodness. When they are healthy, they bring goodness. Our type twos are gifted in love. When they show up, they're really loving. Threes are effective. Fours I mentioned earlier, fives are, are really gifted in wisdom. Sixes are really loyal, uh, really gifted in joy. Eights show God's power. And nines really bring God's peace. And so it's this beautiful um, demonstration of God's creativity and how he made each of us. I love it. And so that would lead me into the question, what benefits does the assessment tool, Enneagram in this case, what benefits does it offer? Yeah. One of my best, favorite ways to talk about this is the benefit I saw immediately when I realized what I was. Uh, you know, you all were talking kind of about, what am I? What are you? Uh, <laughs> one of the things that can happen is you can get stuck and not necessarily know which one you are. And again, it comes back to why you do the things that you do. And I was really stuck between, am I a one, a moral perfectionist, 
Or am I a three, a successful achiever? I mean, I have a PhD, so achiever seemed to be obvious. But then it dawned on me that a lot of the ways I see the world are very black and white. And um, one of the things with the Enneagram is there's a weakness that each of the numbers have. The, the type one's weakness is resentment. The type three's weakness is deceit. And when I saw that resentment piece, I was like, oh, no, that is so mean. And um, unfortunately, one of the best ways to figure out what you are is to look at you when you're not your best self. And that's actually what leads to transformation. So I could now start to see moments in my life when I was resentful, moments in my life when I was not my best, and I suddenly had more understanding in behaving that way. And when you have that understanding of the why you behave the way that you are, and especially in ways that you don't like, then you're able to catch it and correct it more quickly. And the greatest thing the Enneagram does for at least for me, and I think I've seen for others, is it gives you tremendous empathy for yourself and for others. And then we can start to really be people who sharpen one another. You know, Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron. And when we have great empathy, we can be better sharpeners for one another. I thought Gable said that, Dan Gable, uh, iron sharpens iron. Didn't he? He probably probably used that at some point. I didn't know he got it from somewhere else, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) No. I was just thinking about just some of what you were talking about there, Dr. Cleveland, and, and it's it's amazing because, I mean, you know, at St. Gregory's, we do uh, like a values clarification exercise where we're really taking a look at what are our what are our values? And we really try to build that build discrepancies in, you know, what are our values when we're at our best? What are our values when we're at our worst? Oh, wow. So we can see how those uh, values change with how inside and different things that are going on in our world. I'm. I just want to uh, bring up a point, my experience, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, large group in one room at St. Gregory's, okay? And it's an open meeting, so anybody can talk. But you really do see uh, that any one of these on the on the wheel, nine through uh, one through nine, but you really do see them blossom. You can see mm-hmm. uh, what each of the, uh, 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 I don't know, how do you describe us? Clients. Clients. <laughs> Inpatients. <laughs> yeah. All right, you, but you can see the perfectionist. You can see the advisor. You can see the individualist, um, the thinker. Uh, and the thinker, I think, is probably the f- is on the fastest to recovery, at least for that five weeks. But does the thinker stay in recovery after the five weeks? Well, I think that there's there's a lot of people because we talk about the seven virtues yeah. you know that's a big part of the program right so faith hope love prudence justice fortitude and temperance right and prudence prudence is the idea of knowing what's best right mm-hmm. so we have a lot of what i would say you know uh from the hip you know a lot of thinkers that they understand they know what's best but they're the issues that they struggle with is more a battle of temperance it's, a, it's it that is. immediate gratification versus okay. long-term happiness it's that impulse control it's the ability to when they're feeling a certain way turn towards the healthy habits, the, the positive coping strategies versus the, well, the, it's just much faster, much easier. If I just keep doing the same thing that I've been doing, cause I know it works and, and it's quick and it's fast and it's, it's, you know, and that they're thinking about that immediate immediacy, not necessarily their long-term happiness and what, what is going to be best for them down the road, you know? And so I, I, as we're dissecting this a little bit and you think you see all those different personality types, like you said, typically in a, in a given setting, you, you, you can see different personality types, but I would guess, I mean, cause I, I haven't seen the actual test, uh, Dr. Cleveland, 
you know, there's a lot more to just, okay, I see different behaviors and, and this is, this must be what their type is. Kind of like we did when we initially were like, Oh, what are you? What am I? You know, uh, that type of thing. It's, it's not that simple. I, w- I would right. guess. Right. What I suggest people do is <laughs> a test is a start, but really a test is only a beginning and it's only as good as the information you give it. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it isn't 100% by any means. Even with our very best tests with this Enneagram, we might get it right 60, 70% of the time. And so you really want to be cautious with the test that it's just a place to start. From there, the best thing to do is to learn about all nine types and then eliminate the ones you know you're not. So, for example, eights thrive off of conflict. They love conflict. Well, if you're conflict avoidant, then you are not an eight. So you can check that. And so you start to eliminate the things that you're not, and then you are left with the options that, that make If you get it down to two or three, and a good Enneagram coach or some good um, reading of some books on the Enneagram will really start to help you narrow down which one you are. And the other is to rush the process because this is self-reflection can't really be rushed. You need to really take some time and start to look at your life through this lens of motivation. Why do I do what I do day to day? And so I tell people to collect data on themselves day to day. And I also um, have heard this analogy, date the number before you marry it. So maybe just try <laughs> on being a, being a two for a few months and see how it feels. And if it feels right, then date it a little longer. If it doesn't feel right, try on another number. <laughs> That's great. No, I, I just, there's a couple different thoughts that I had. I think, um, as you were talking about this, um, you know, you, you look at the, the different types and, um, I mean the motive and the, the understanding is kind of like you said, it's like, you know, the motives behind people, why people do what they do is really important to understand. Cause I think, you know, we, when do when we do cognitive behavioral therapy, we talk about why, um, what cognitive distortions or irrational beliefs a person has about their relationships, whether it be with their, you know, relationships or relationships with their substance or just their overall, how they manage their emotions and different things. I think, you know, and I could be way off on this, Dr. Cleveland, but you know, when you look at the, the Enneagram personality types and figuring out the motive for why we do what we do, I would assume when you peel back that those layers, you probably see what different uh, cognitive distortions a person may have that creates those beliefs? Is that, am I way off yes. or, uh, you know? <laughs> Absolutely true. So when we talk about these motivations for each type in the Enneagram, there are really four core motivations. You have a core fear, a core desire, a core weakness, and a core longing. The fear is what you run away from. Mm. The desire is what you're running towards. The weakness is what trips you up as you're running, and the longing is really what you're talking about. The, lo- the core longing is what our heart most wants to hear, and unfortunately, there's a lot of lies that cover up that core longing. Mm-hmm. And so part of the, Enne- the, the beauty of the Enneagram and why it fits so well with the gospel, uh, even though it's not you know, developed as a Christian tool, all things that are good under the sun come from above. And so you can use it and marry it with the gospel because— the longing that our heart desires really is truth from God about oh. how he cares about us and how he loves us. Mm-hmm. And that gets covered up with so many lies. So as you peel back those lies, um, that's where transformation occurs. Dr. Karen Cleveland is our guest. We're talking about the Enneagram here on the program. 
Every week we have a different topic, and and the last few weeks have been home runs for me because I'm just absolutely plugged in. When you told me what the topic was today, Nick, I went online and I Google searched Enneagram, spelling it incorrectly, and guess what? The correct spelling came up. So I was able to learn um, just based on what the interest that I have in it is that it made you excited about uh, talking about it. And again, I'd never heard of it. Okay. Uh, but the more I look at this, the more I realize that it should be an important part of our life. Yeah. I think, you know, kind of like what Dr. Cleveland was talking about when you look at the motives of why people do the things that they do instead of just the behaviors themselves, I think you learn a lot more about yourself. I think you learn a lot more of what, um, what things that, that maybe you foresee when you talk about the, the different, like, you know, we talk about cognitive distortions, different things, but how we perceive others and how we perceive their interactions with us and our interactions together. And I think as we learn more about ourselves and, and, and how we perceive things right or wrong, you know, awareness within ourselves, that's how we can see what we need to do to, to improve, what we need to do to be a better version of ourselves. When we come back on St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, any one of us, okay, is somebody's Enneagram number something they're born with or is it determined by their environment? That leads me to, uh, well, takes us to the break. How about that? St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show, Nick Learhouse, Scott Casper, and our very special guest, Dr. Karen Cleveland from Heartland Christian. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this. Talk Therapy, the mental health show, is brought to you by St. Gregory's Recovery Center. St. Gregory's features individualized drug treatment programs with a personal and holistic approach. Enjoy private counseling in small groups attended by caring staff in beautiful and serene locales. St. Gregory's is evidence-based rehabilitation. Most insurance is accepted. Don't go it alone. Enjoy a high success rate with St. Gregory's Recovery Centers. St. Greg's, it's where science meets recovery. stgregory.com My dad went to AA once, decided it wasn't for him, and refused to ever go back. He was stubborn and confident that he was just okay. But he wasn't okay, and our family was suffering. So we had an intervention for him, and he agreed to go to St. Gregory Recovery Center. There he learned how to deal with his addiction the way he needed, Insurance covered our costs, and he has been sober now for over four years. Learn more at relevantradio.com slash recovery. All right, welcome back to St. Gregory's Therapy, the mental health show. Nick Learhouse, Scott Casper, and our executive producer, Kira Jones, in the studio today. And we're learning about Enneagram, the personality test or personality uh, test, I would like to call it. Um and Dr. Cleveland, I would ask you, is somebody's Enneagram number something they're born with or is it determined by environment? Yeah, this is often hotly debated amongst um, Enneagram experts. And I tend to lean towards uh, it being something that you were born with because I feel like that's something that God's uh, fingerprint is just really uh, something that is uh, placed on us. From, he has an idea of who he's created us to be. Um, now, our environment impact what shape that personality takes and, and it, the certain flavor. Uh, but like I mentioned before with my paint example, if, if you're a one, you might be a lot of different shades of blue, but you're still going to be blue. And so I think the, the color you're born with is, is kind of set and determined, but the shade it, it takes on, the flavor it takes on can be impacted a lot by your environment. I think 
I feel like I always talk about my kids on the show, but that's okay. I, I, but, but I love them so much. I know. No. <laughs> so, um, but it's one of those things. Like I think about them as you know, because I have, I have the four my four children, and they all I would say their own um, with different varying shades, as as you put it, Doctor Cleveland. Like it's it's interesting and it's so funny because you can see each i would say it with you know without doing the test or anything but just with their personalities and the different traits the, the the way they carry themselves and make decisions and do all those different things that you can absolutely see they're they're a different color but i think because we are such a close family and we spend a lot of time together and they're playing together constantly you can see how that affects those shades mm. you know and i think so i think there's something to be said about you know that con- kind of combination i i thought you put that very very well yeah, it's one of those things where if you have kids, you know you you just never get too alike. God just doesn't make it that easy on you. Right. You always have um, so many variations in kiddos. You're like, how can you guys share the same genetics? How can you 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 know you different kids come from the same two people and be so different? Living in the same house be so different, which is why I, I lean towards you know God just makes us all so unique. Um, but if if we're you know being raised in a really healthy a loving environment that's going to affect us, you know, in a way different than if we're in an unhealthy environment. And then even in healthy environments, we all just have our own challenges and unique situations that we struggle with that are going to, you know, those things are going to affect um, the the way we see the world and those variations we see even within the numbers. Mm. So I've loved this topic, um, and and perhaps we'll revisit it in coming weeks, but. Uh, right now we're talking about Enneagram. It's a personality, uh, test. Okay. And, uh, Kira is a person taker. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't ever think that I put myself in a position of taking any kind of test unless it was forced on me. <laughs> think about well, it. Well, you know, that, that's kind of the nature of test. You know, you, you may have a, a great understanding of the topic, but you are not willing to put yourself out there to test yourself. That makes sense. Yeah, I think that. I mean, it's one of those things where, as you, as we look at ourselves, and we're doing, you know, I don't know if you'd say self-discovery or, you know, just trying to figure, right. you know, learn more about ourselves internally and kind of what makes us tick. You know, I think of of how beneficial that is to our relationships. You know, how beneficial that is to to the people around us when we can understand our strengths and our weaknesses and how we manage our relationships, how we manage our emotions, how we manage our decision-making, things of that nature. I think of my mother-in-law at one point, uh, we got us the book. Careful. I think, oh yeah, no, no, this is a good thing. Uh, the I think it's Strength Finders, or it was like talked about love languages. Um, you know, and I'm assuming that's, that is one of those other that you talked about or in that class, uh, I guess. Um, and how important that is really to understand each other's love languages and things of that nature and how, how, how that can benefit the relationship. But I think even, you know, taking that one step further and you, you look at the Enneagram and it's like, you know, being able to take all the different information and figure out our motives for why we do what we do. And you talked a little bit about, um, not strengths and weaknesses, but you know, what'd you say it was our, 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 our passion or our, um, what was it like mm-hmm. our, our fears and our, uh, if you can elaborate yeah. a little bit more on that from a standpoint of like the fears and our purpose or our passion, or I can't remember exactly yeah. how you put it. Um, but I think, you know, where we're go- I'm going with this. Um, can you, you dive into that just a little bit more? Yeah. So one of the things that 
um, you'll see if you start to explore the Enneagram are these four core motivations. And uh, like I said, you have a core fear. The core fear is the thing that you're running um, away from, that you want to avoid. The core desire is the thing that you're running towards. A core weakness is really a sin that tends to trip you up most often. Uh, we certainly can sin in many different ways, but it's the one that we're, we, we tend to get tripped up on most easily. And our core longing is the thing we our heart most longs to hear. And what's so powerful is what you said. It's, it's that understanding of, oh, that's why I do what I do. And it all starts with me. So one of the temptations with this is I'm going to learn the Enneagram so I can fix you. And that's just the wrong perspective. We want to be the best we can be for the people in our lives. And so it is. starts with me being healthy. And as I look inward and be healthy, then I become the best neighbor, the best spouse, the best employee, the best neighbor that I can be. And that's how I can really start to share the love of Christ more effectively, too. So I'm yeah. trying to make myself as, as healthy as I can be so I can uh, really, for the benefit of those around me, it's not... Uh, we don't ever want to use um, the Enneagram or any personality tool as a sword to attack others or as a shield to defend our own behavior. Wow. We want to use it as a way to gain understanding and, and have transformation happen in our lives. And that's the power of this is empathy for ourselves and empathy for one another. You know, for our listeners out there, they may be asking, them, can't I just take a test? Well, of course mm -hmm. you can. Yes. And but there's also no. Enneagram mm -hmm. tests are, I think, amazing and, and great in so many ways, but there are others out there that will help you hone in on what type you really are. So think about right. this. Um, Enneagram tests are primarily based on what? Traits, right? Traits are mm -hmm. not what determine your in Enneagram type, though. Now, see, I, I find that it's almost like tongue-in-cheek. Here's a suggestion, but does it truly define you? Dr. Cleveland, can you talk about that? Absolutely. So, yeah, when you start off with the test, it's, it's a fine place to start, but it really is going to just be a beginning because it doesn't really get at motivation. And, again, mm. that's what the Enneagram um, needs to understand why you do what you do, and that's where the transformation lies. And so uh, when you start to explore this, the key is really examining why am I doing what I do and really getting uh, your head around weakness that tends to trip me up. You know, as a one, I mentioned it's, it's resentment. What I bring that's great is goodness. And so um, I want to start to look at why do I do these things and exploring the Enneagram in a, in a greater depth and not just relying on a test because it is behavior driven as opposed to motivation driven. Mm. Karen Cleveland, our guest, she's the doctor of letters, very intelligent, but she's also <laughs> somebody that cares about her. And you can find her Christian counseling in both Pella and Urbandale. What's your primary office? Is it Pella? Yep. I have now since 2008. Oh, wow. wow. That's back when the Dutch uh, discovered Pella, I think. They said, well, come <laughs> You're there through tulip time, right? Absolutely. Tulip time is one of the best times of the year around here. I think so, too. I, I remember as a, as a kid being exceedingly bored uh, with my mother when she wanted to go to Pella to look at all the tulips. But it is a mass of color, beautiful color. And then I think I was able to help clean the streets one year. They oh, yeah. They have people cleaning the streets as part of the procession. I think that's, that's fun. Right. 
Doctor Cleveland, you can't Cleveland. have the queen walking on a parade route that's not clean. That's 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 <laughs> exactly it. No, uh, one thing I was going to say to kind of piggyback a little bit on Doctor Cleveland about, um, you know, how people are the you know personality types or whatever, but it's it's uh, everything's always externally focused, right? Hey, you can mm-hmm. use this to fix you and, and all these different things. And I think it, you know, kind of comes back to what you're saying is like, you know, the best work we can do is 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 at home. Right. You know, um, I think as it was my other trees that said, you want to change the world, go home and love your family. I, you know, you think about what we can do ourselves in creating a, a, a better, you know, self perspective. And then as that relates to our family and then as that, you know, that broadens out, how's that relates to our community and how we can have understanding of ourselves, how we can, you know, um, change the way we interact with others and make it a more positive experience and learning through this. And I just think that speaks volumes to, the importance of that that uh, self discovery or self awareness and being able to to learn and uh, learn to love, you know. As as right. the ad, 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 an admissions counselor, I mean, I think you just nailed it. Yeah, no, yeah. I, it, it it's one of those things that, that I think that's honestly why I do what I do. That's why you know, it's, I mean, because it's just it's it's so impactful for not only that individual to change their lives, but how that impacts their family and the relationships around them. I mean, because there's something to be learned uh, within that, you know, something to to take from, for that individual, but especially their family and how they interact as, as a unit and how healthy that can become if everybody's willing to, to look at change and look at and trying to be that version of themselves and be the person that God created them to be. All right, so if you want to learn more, I invite you to investigate, as we have, uh, on Google. Go to Best Books for Personal Growth, okay? Um, there's a, a ton of uh, literature out there that's written specifically, hopefully, to answer your questions. But many of the things that have been written have only peeled back another layer of questions for me. In other words, we're only beginning uh, to understand what... Enneagram and what the Enneagram personality uh, tests can do. Dr. Karen Cleveland's been our guest. She's from Heartland Christian Counseling. Uh, Ramir Quist, we appreciate you taking the time to join us today to talk about this um, important life topic, and that's mental health and how we all fit into that, uh, well, under that umbrella of mental health. Positive, negative, doesn't matter. We're all in it together. Dr. Cleveland, thank you. Thank you. All right, tell you what, we're going to take it to the top of the hour. I want to thank our producer, Kira Jones. We've uh, been talking about this. Again, Nick, you bring the the greatest topics, but Enneagram, and it's a personality test that you can uh, give to yourself, and it would be interesting to see the other people in your life, how they see you, as we tried to do here in the studio. Nick uh, does not want to be identified as one, but he can be identified as three. I didn't say I didn't want to be identified <laughs> as a one. I was just, I, I think it's the thing that throws me off is the perfectionist. Yes. I think that's the, like, I, you know, I just, I just think that's the thing that throws me off. Is just, that, that's such a hard thing. Perfectionist. Perfectionist is so hard to achieve. Well, you know, <laughs> I, I consider myself ADHD, right? Mm-hmm. But um, not always so. Okay. I do see myself as the number seven. Uh, love to entertain. I'm a consummate op, but there are times when I just need to be by myself and not entertain. You know, flip that off, turn it off. 
All right, you've been listening to St. Gregory's Talk Therapy, the mental health show, Nuclear House, Scott Casper, and Kira Jones, our producer. We appreciate you listening to this very important program, and it's only available on Iowa's Hope 940.